Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, Max Rowe Brown. How are you doing, Max? I am good. Thank you, Jack. How are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. And birthday boy, Ross Legg. I am wonderful. That, that was a very suggestive way of saying Ross Legg there. Uh, <laughs> Happy I, birthday, Ross. Yeah, Ross Legg. No, I'm uh, I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, as you say, my birthday. Um, Test cricket is alive and well, and England have won. So uh, I'm in a fantastic mood today. Good stuff. Um, this week on the Cricket Podcast, we've got another two-part show. So mirroring what we did last week in part one, we will be talking Australia versus India. India, I think it's fair to say, shocked the world last night as they overcame Australia in Australia with a heavily depleted side to win the Border Gavaskar Trophy 2-1. Um, we'll be asking, how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> uh, that that then... is literally the first question I've got written down. <laughs> then, in, uh, in part two, it's England time. Joe Root and the boys, uh, they went over to Sri Lanka and they pulled off a win in the first test. Uh, we'll be talking about that and then having a little look forwards to the second test over there. Um, but first, fellas, uh, it's our tangential question of the week. Ross, as it is your birthday today, mm-hmm. um, I've been inspired to ask a kind of birthday-themed question. So, so in that spirit, uh, my question is, if you were planning a cricket-themed party, which cricketer would you get to organise it? And which cricketer would you ask to be the after-dinner speaker? Ross, why don't you let us know uh, who's up to the plate for you? Uh, I think um, I'd have uh, Dwayne Bravo. He would, uh, would organise it. I think uh, being a DJ, the music's going to be on point. The people who attend are going to be great. And then the after-dinner speaker, we've had him on the show before. He was great on here, great on Sky all the time when he was on there. David Gower is my after-dinner speaker. I'm so glad I didn't go with Gower now. Yeah, me too. He's up there, isn't he? He is is. up there. We have to acknowledge he would be a great after-dinner speaker. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Max, same question for you. Who is organising your birthday party uh, and who is the after-dinner speaker? Uh, Well, I've gone for a slightly different uh, route, although uh, I must say what what, uh, Ross's suggestion is uh, is a very good one. (laughs) I have gone with Imran Khan because he has the resources of an entire nation behind him with which to organize this party. We, you know, we could be in some pretty grandiose settings, I think, um, with uh, a lot of a lot of people on hand to make it a memorable night. So uh, that's who I've gone to organize it. And as an after dinner speaker, I, I think I've gone for possibly the greatest character in the history of cricket. And that is uh, Sri Santh, um, who's done basically <laughs> everything. So he will not be short of content. And, uh, and is well, he's a veritable star, isn't he? So, That's you know, he can reel wow. off stories of uh, cricket, match fixing, TV, film, politics. He even went into politics. It's a, a storied career. Yeah. I also he's like that playing I, now. Yeah, He's back. Srithanth is playing in like the, the Indian not IPL, whatever the one below that is. I also like Max's Pakistan-Indian kind of mix-up there as well, which is great. Because you can lock down the whole of Lahore, have a street party, and then have Srithanth on a stage at the end of it. I think that'd be a great thing to see. Yeah, well, you know, they, they always say uh, sport is a good word. Sporting diplomacy, isn't it? So uh, we'll <laughs> so, <laughs> get a Nobel yeah, Pre- Peace Prize and a really good party. <laughs> it- 
probably does mean your birthday party would be in Pakistan. Do you reckon that would um, affect attendance? Well, you know, I think we can maybe uh, we can maybe think about paying for some flights for people to get them over there, bust them in. <laughs> like a, it's going to be like kind of that Neymar style um, birthday party where it goes on for three or four days. Otherwise, you can't really justify people. Oh, oh yeah, it's uh, very you know. very much a festival. Um, I uh, I didn't go for a cricketer to organise my birthday party. I went for Kerry Packer. So the guy who who organised World Series cricket back in the seventies, I think. Uh, he transformed the game. Basically, what I want, I always think with birthdays, um, they never really live up to to the the potential. Um, and I think that whether you're attending them, whether it's your own or whatever, but but there is always that potential. And what you want is someone who 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 has the vision to realise that and and to to build upon what's a solid concept, uh, just like cricket, and <laughs> and transform it. And, and that's what Kerry Packer did, isn't he? He saw the potential. He executed the plan. Uh, other good things about Kerry Packer: dress codes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd have good yeah, outfits. Really, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah good. you're kind of pitching him as almost like the Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, kind obviously. I mean, he is in in a way the the Great Gatsby of cricket. I, um, he'd innovate around. I don't really know what that means. Innovation around birthday. But yeah, well, I was, he did I was that. Gonna, I was going to ask Jack, what sort of things do you think Kerry Packer could bring to the traditional birthday party that, uh, that have yet to be uh, implemented? Um, TV, TV rights. <laughs> he he, he monetised cricket, didn't he? Really well. So he'd probably probably make the birthday quite a lucrative microtransactions, but... maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, look, I'm not Kerry Packer. That's why I need Kerry Packer to yeah. help me organise my yeah. birthday. Oh, oh, I can't. Fair. It's becoming <laughs> crystal. It's becoming crystal clear that you'd organise a terrible birthday party. You need help. That's what you need. <laughs> um, and then after dinner, speaker, uh, very topical. I want 30 minutes of Ravi Ashwin's best stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, just dress him up like Jerry Seinfeld and let him go. Uh, that's what I reckon. Nice. I, I, I'm, uh, I think that's. I think that's a great choice. Uh, when you originally posted this question earlier, Jack, um, I thought you were going to ask about a dinner party, a house party, and kind of something a bit a bit extra. And Max, when you when you start to go down that route. What would you do for a very British kind of um, in a village hall person? Who who would be that person? I've got Graham Swan down for that. Well, so I re- to organise or to speak? Just, yeah, that evening. So you're not going to have... The, the one person who organises it probably has to be the dinner speaker. Uh, Gra- oh, okay. I reckon Graham Swan, not only has got the music, he's probably got some good stories. He's not very good at music, let's be fair, but must be pretty good. He does lots of impressions, and that, I think, would be popular at... Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, uh, parochial I think what hall. you want is probably someone who's got a lot of time on their hands but also knows a lot of people <laughs> but I, anyway, I, I wouldn't venture yeah. to say who that would be <laughs> yeah well, we'll let the listeners ponder that one um, and on the topic of our listeners Ross do we have any messages for them yes they should follow us on Spotify or any podcast platform they listen to us on Leave us a review on Apple. Uh, we will read them out if we get them. I think we're, uh, we've got some more coming in um, as we speak. Is That's what I'm going to say. Um, and live. Then also, yeah, live. Live reviews. Live reviews, <laughs> um, especially on my birthday. And they should follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Cricket Pod. And also, wish Ross a happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> get in touch. Look, wish Ross a happy birthday. Uh, and um, the, the number one thing that you can do to support the podcast uh, is to tell a friend. Um, let 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 somebody know with your voice in person if you're allowed to do it, but over the telephone, maybe maybe on WhatsApp, record a voice message and say, <laughs> "Hey, this is really good podcast. Um, they did an excellent episode wrapping up the Border Gavaska Trophy. 
Um, we haven't recorded it yet. We're not 100% sure it will. But I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure it will be an excellent episode. There's lots of stuff to talk about. Um, don't record, You don't have to record all of this. Like, paraphrase. Par- no, paraphrase. no I, th- I think you need to say it verbatim. And if you do a great job, we'll organise you a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, you know, tell a friend. That's the key message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, we're going to take a short break. Uh, should we play the new jingle? Yes, please. Oh yeah. yeah. Can we get it out number a number of times today? <laughs> uh new jingle coming up now and then we will be back uh with Australia v India. I can't wait to get you to the Gabresh. Tell you what. Woo-hoo. I can't wait to get you to the Gabresh. Tell you what. It's full, it's down the ground, at least one. Saini has got an injury with the groin. It goes as far as the fence. India, incredible. Richard Park is the star. India win the test. Yes, uh, much like Tim Payne, uh, I myself can't wait to get to the Gabba uh, to talk to you and with you about well, really, what is one of the great test matches to round off uh, what's been a pretty fantastic uh, test series? So let's let's set the scene. Shortly after the uh, the heroics of uh, of Sydney defying the odds to uh, draw a game in the face of yet more injuries and some typically hostile Australian banter, um, India headed to Brisbane and the Gabba, where Australia had not lost since 1988. Um, fair to say, also things got off to a pretty rough start, having already lost Jadeja to uh, his dislocated slash broken thumb, which now requires surgery uh, in the previous game. Ashwin then ruled out uh, with back spasms before the game, and the spearhead of India's attack, Jasprit Bumrah, the the last man standing from from India's first choice seam lineup, uh, pulled out with an abdom- abdominal strain. Um, so that's India left with a pace attack comprising players who'd made their debuts in this series. And uh, on top of that, uh, to balance out the weakened lower order of the batting uh, in the absence of Jadeja and Ashwin, uh, Washington Sundar was drafted in, who was literally there to make up the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> He's a net bowler. He was there yeah. to bowl in the nets. <laughs> you, you can't make this up. Um, so so that's not great going into the into the game. Um Australia won the toss as well, which probably not ideal in the circumstances. And then uh, one of the new boys, uh, Navdeep Saini, pulled up with a groin strain after about seven overs on the first morning. So uh, it looked for all the world like the writing was on on the wall, um, <laughs> especially after Labuschagne notched up another ton and Australia got themselves to 311 for five on um, in their first innings. Uh, but it's been a topsy-turvy series and uh, obviously we weren't done yet. Um, cue a mini collapse by Australia and a mini fight back um, and then India in their innings looked, looked in trouble before the, the new boys Thacker and Sundar kept the Aussies at bay and kept the deficit down to 33 Australia batted again because that's what happens in uh, test cricket and then some <laughs> players hit some runs uh, and then there was a bit of rain and then we got to day 5 where India needed just to see the day out to retain the border Kavaska trophy or chase 328 to win it outright and the rest as they say is history um as we know they won it was <laughs> oh, you've given it you've, the most you've given it away the most uh 
unbelievable uh, fifth day from India, given the situation they were in. And uh, as Jack rightly said at the start of the show, there's one question that we have to answer to start with, I think. Um, How in hell did they do that? (laughs) I've got a bit of a a thought here, Max. Did India just rest their players because they knew they were going to win this game? Did, did they just completely just like we've got the wood over Australia here? We're yeah. gonna we can play we can play our C team and still trounce this Australian lineup. Was it was it, was that the arrogant was that the, was that the ploy from these guys here? No, well, uh, yeah, well maybe with you know, the England series on the horizon, it was not a not a bad shout, is it? Yeah, keep your keep your players fresh for the one that matters. <laughs> I think actually, if you if you to understand how this happened, you have to understand how we got here, and and how we got here is that everybody in the India team got injured. Um, and and so I think the the like the first piece of blame that needs to be apportioned, and I think this is good blame because it does lead to a better story. So um, maybe it's not blame, maybe it's thanks. Uh, the India medical team, or whoever's the physio or organising the fitness, fitness coaches, <laughs> some serious questions need to be asked there, aren't there? They've lost basically an entire an entire eleven and about nine. And of quite them. a good one as well. <laughs> yeah, have been to to muscle injuries or, or general fitness things. Um, how how they actually won that fifth test is a a completely different question. I mean, to I, 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 there was a stat floating around, and I haven't got it um, directly to hand, but it was something along the lines of the India bowling unit had a total of five caps, I think, between them yeah. prior to Four. this test, and had taken ten wickets uh cumulatively um going into this versus an australian one which had something like a thousand uh, <laughs> i don't know if it was quite a thousand but i mean i mean lions got basically 400 alone cummins has got 150 hazelwood must have 100 or so um a bunch of wickets a bunch uh, more <laughs> and and uh, and they, they, they but they didn't bowl like that i think is the is the crucial thing and i mean if we want to if we want, if we want to summarise why why India were able to get out of this match with or how India got out of this match with a win and how um, they they actually took down the series as a whole, I think um, there there are the the two key factors I would point to um, with maybe a smaller third. Uh, are one that Australia consistently did not bat well enough, and we will go into a little bit more detail about yeah. where they went wrong in this match. I think, and I'm sure you two have got some points and thoughts. Um, and India consistently bowled really well. Um, in it, it, I think no matter uh, who they picked. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. In England fans know well enough that when you go to Australia, you've got to be racking up four fifties, five hundreds. Um, and Australia didn't manage one four hundred mm-hmm. across all eight innings. And that, uh, again, as England fans know very well, uh, means you, you you are you are vulnerable in Australia. Because um, when those pitches flatten out a little bit, or or when you get a day where the ball's not moving around, which basically happened. Well, happened two or three times across the series. Uh, you 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 get punished by by quality players, and and um, the third point probably being that that India were able to punish Australia at the right time. There's a little bit of luck involved in that. I mean, Pant was dropped twice in the, at the SCG. Uh, there was a big stumping opportunity missed by uh, Tim Payne in in the in the test at, at the Gabba. Uh, I think last I'll night. let him off that one. That one that one did a bit. <laughs> Sure, <laughs> sure, but maybe a really good keeper takes that. It takes it's a little bit of luck there, isn't it? Um, Pajara was absolutely hammered by eleven short balls or something, something like that. Yeah, and, ten or yeah. eleven times he got hit. 
Um, and none of them went up in the air or anything like that. So a little bit of luck, but a lot of determination. And um, and well, yeah, hardly it, any of them hit the bat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't well, have been that, out. It just got hit in the face. They they and and ultimately India India when they had the opportunity to um, punished Australia. Well, anything anything to add to that, Ross? Well, I think it's uh, interesting to kind of say about the, the kind of punishing Australia. Um, I think they played tactically perfectly in the, in this game. There was there was clearly a plan to. I know that this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but actually play test cricket to make them bowl for as long as possible and actually eat up the deliveries. If you look at what the Indian batsmen did, they were they faced what I think on average over sixty balls apiece in the top order, and actually you got Pajara, the ball eater himself on the wall, as you said, standing firm. Rahane was there. Pant even faced loads of deliveries. I think that drives them into the ground, puts extra pressure on Nathan Lyon, who wasn't having his best series as well, and I think that really does take his toll. Do you want the other? I mean, there's another tactical point there, Ross, and I think it, it, it ties in quite nicely with the with Pajara's ball eating um, abilities. <laughs> the hungry, hungry um, hippo 50, that is Pajara. Fifty six off of two hundred and eleven balls. I yeah, mean... well, it was low. It was worse than that at one point. It was only when they, he realised, oh, we might win this. He yeah. put his foot down. He was on eleven off a hundred balls. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. The, I think it was. I think it was the tenth slowest um, or tenth lowest number of runs anyone who'd faced a hundred balls had ever achieved in the history, the 140 odd year history of Test cricket. But at the other end, Shubman Gill was batting like he thought he could win the game. And yeah. and the partnerships India built, the whole way through the day, uh, whoever wasn't Pajara was looking to score runs. And that yeah. meant that they always had a little bit of a chance. I think into going into the last session, they needed 140 to win. It was going to be a long one. There might have been some rain. But that gave them a little bit of a sniff. And a bit like a one-day international. It's like, it's like a one-day international that you can draw, basically, for India at that point. They were, they were in the driving seat. Mm-hmm. And they could, they could chip away slowly. And it, and it got down. I can't remember the exact equation, but it got down to... Um, it, was, it was 69 re- off of 15 overs. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. A reasonably achievable uh, score uh, on a pitch that wasn't doing loads with with guys who could bat a bit. I, I, I mean, we we criticised India's tail um, on a previous podcast, but they mixed things up a little bit here. They had a little bit more batting, and um, and they had Pant in. And while while Pant was in, anything uh, Australia were always likely to lose. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I think um, it was uh, it's sort of the the classic theory of, of taking it deep wasn't it like mm. take it deep always give yourself a chance and um and at the same time they, they i think they yeah they struck the perfect balance really by having that uh you know we're we're giving ourselves a chance but at the same time we can just shut up shop if we need to and that's sort of what we actually saw in at the scg we were getting to a situation there where it was like they could actually win this this is insane um <laughs> and and then after a while it was like okay let's let's close the doors on this one it was a test match sort of one in the image of Dhoni, if you if you get what I mean. Yeah. But like the, the the keeping India in the game or CSK more recently in the game is very much a Dhoni move. Uh, to give yourself a chance, you can't you can't win the game if if pants out. Uh you can't win the game if Pajara doesn't face two hundred balls. Like it's not it's not an option if Pajara so much earlier in the innings. There was a really close LBW on Pajara. Um, there was a couple, a little bit of controversy around it because uh, the umpire said he wasn't playing a shot and he might have been playing a shot. I, I, I would err, having watched all of the third test, that he probably wasn't. He did do that a lot, kick the yeah. ball away with his bat behind his back. So I would say the umpire probably made a, a brave but good call there. And, and I, I, I totally accept that 
that's open to interpretation. So, to be honest, then, uh, on, on that one, I think as an umpire, it's just even if you think he's not playing a shot, it would be so difficult to give that one because of how far he, like he's, you know, he's taken a little step forward and like making getting that distance between the ball striking him and the wicket as large as possible. And at that point, as an umpire, you've got to be so sure to say, that's out. Yeah, sure. And with um, the technology the... to rely to rely on, I think they tend to be less likely to give it as well. Because if it is a if it is gonna hit the stumps, they've always got the that thing, option. The thing I would say though is that once the call has been made that Pajara wasn't playing a shot, that should be out. Like the ICC's rule, where the top of the stumps begins or ends rather, um, is is incorrect. It's it's yeah. where the bail rests in the stump. Yeah. And so, like, it's if the ball hits that if the, if the ball hits that portion of the stump, the bail comes off. It's not. It wasn't clipping. It wasn't half. No, it was, it the was smacking the top. It of was off. smacking the stumps. Yeah. So I think Australia are a little bit unlucky there. And if Pajara is out, they 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 don't have the opportunity to win the win the game. Then everybody has to take on some of those balling responsibilities. And that's I mean that's what I mean by by some elements of luck. But um, you know I mean like the 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 formula that won them this game and and won the game at the MCG and kept them in the game at, at in Sydney um, works as Ross said they they really ground down the Australian bowlers um, Nathan Lyons never looked worse uh, Mitchell Stark looked and I know Mitchell Stark had a little bit of an injury but did not look threatening on the mm. last day really did not look threatening only in the whole only Patrick Cummings really uh, did himself any any well yeah covered himself any glory well, yeah. with yesterday's only performance. The, only the actual best bowler in the world was any good. <laughs> I, mean, like, um, I mean, Hazelwood did take a fifer in the first innings, and he's a pretty, he's a pretty uh, good. I, I was talking see. specifically about uh, the last day, Ross. Yeah, I'm oh, fine. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that, and I think um, what we saw in England when Australia played in, in 2019 was they had a Pattinson, they had someone else who was just as good as one of the bowlers in there, and they had someone who could come in and out, and they could rest a player. They need that. I think in their lineup to keep it fresh and to keep them kind of going, and I think that was missing for Australia this time round. You think they were suffering from a bit of fatigue by the end of the series? I I, I do think that, and I also think um, there was a bit of arrogance with the Australians, um, which kind of mutated in the use of the COVID kind of language that we see all the time at the moment into a bit of complacency. Um, that soon went to panic and then they started wondering about the weather and then they were like, <laughs> and by that time it was too late. Or India were in the game and they were, they were in the driving seat as Jack said. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a really good point to make about the Australians. I, I was, I sort of was looking at the, how, well, how this all unfolded. And I just think there are two completely different mentalities around the sides leading into this game. And with India, there was this sort of uh, a sense of t- togetherness, I suppose, brought on by the fact that everyone was injured and everyone had to basically just graft and uh, and work for each other. And I saw um, I saw a stat that Andy Zaltzman posted on, on Twitter today, which was uh, basically the point that um, no one in the India team made over 300 runs in the series and no one took over 15 wickets. I mean, that's... <laughs> Partly because only two of them played all four tests, which was Pujara and and, uh, and Rahane. So it's a little bit of an arbitrary thing to say. But I think the, the wider point is that everyone mucked in and it was like a real team performance. All 37 or whatever it was of the players that ended up playing for India put in a performance. And, and, and then you can contrast that with Australia coming into this last game. Tim Payne gave it all away with his little sledge. You know, oh, we can't wait to get you to the Gabba. Blah blah blah. We're gonna we're gonna do you. I th- I think they just thought all they had to do was turn up, especially without Bumrah in the team. You know, no Coley, uh, a weakened lineup. Um, I think uh, they just yeah, it just looked like they thought they would just 
roll over and it would be another another win for Australia at the Gabba. And they didn't reckon on someone standing up to them. And they didn't I, like I it. Th- yeah, I think you're you're spot on, particularly on the first point there, Max, in that it was a complete performance uh, across the series from the from the India squad. Um, if you look at sort of the last twenty years, maybe thirty years of Indian Indian cricket, they have gone away from home and been good before, but it, it's usually been because somebody has uh, like stood vigil, if you like. Mm. Uh, Tendulkar or Dravid, Laxman did it to Australia. Um, even Kohli in England. I, mean, I know they lost three one, but Kohli scored a boatload of runs in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time. They went to Australia. Pajara, obviously, like I, I don't think he there was a he bat, he seemed to be batting all the time. Yeah. Uh, but in this series, that wasn't the case. Pretty much everybody stood up at one point. So whilst I kind of get that, um, I get that whilst whilst I, I I wouldn't read Andy Zaltzman's point as a negative point. And I don't think you have either. No, no, not at all. Um, I had I got I had a list here of individual um before or individual moments that are like. I mean, could be career highlights for these players, to be perfectly honest. Rahani's century in the second test after the 36 all out. Um, Pant played two absolutely phenomenal fourth innings knocks. Um, I think some I can't remember I can't remember the exact phrasing of this, but I think in Tendulkar's entire career chasing fourth innings total, he made four half centuries. Uh, Pant's got two in a week. <laughs> uh, Pajara batting forever across two tests. Um, but when they played, Bumrah and Ashwin uh, were fantastic. Uh, the best spinner in the series, probably the best pace bowler in the series. I, I think Bumrah probably outbowled Cummins. Uh, I think the only person who rivals Bumrah and performances is uh, probably Mohamed Siraj, to be honest. Well, and then that's it. So Siraj has come in and... Um, it's like you would you you wouldn't believe that that guy has only just come into Test cricket, and you would not believe he wasn't one of India's first choice pace bowlers, and and then we've got Ravi Ashwin, and then we've got Shubman Gill. I mean, Shubman Gill looks like he's going to play 150 Tests. Oh, uh, some of those <laughs> shots, some of those shots he played on that fifth he, day. He looks like he's played 150 Tests. For Christ's sake! I mean, it's, <laughs> it looks it, like he he's looks... played 150 Tests against Mitchell Stark alone. <laughs> Absolutely took him to the cleaners. Uh, so I I, I think. Um, it just it, it just demonstrates the sort of depth and talent they have. I think as well, and I don't know if you two will agree with this. I think I might get some some lashback on this. <laughs> That's um, what we like controversy. The, the the India C team narrative has been a little bit overdone. I, 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 I no, I, I do. I actually agree with you in this bit. Um, and uh, why do why do we're you looking that? at? Well, we've got in there in their their top six is basically just missing Kohli. I think yeah. so. You've got Pajara, you've got Pant, you've got Gill, you've got Rahane, uh, and you've got Sharma. Uh, that's that's pretty handy. I don't think there's much missing there. Um, I also think Siraj Siraj is now probably. I think I think like, he's in there. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I know that the the, the the rest of their bowling probably wasn't amazing but they're not mugs these guys are like a-list players for their ipl franchises. yeah well, see this is the thing I mean, they they um they know pressure don't they like they've played in the ipl which is and, and the know, other thing is earlier in the series they had jadeja ashwin and Bumrah, who are who are their leading bowlers so yeah like i do get loads of injuries has been a problem and, and living in covid land not being able to go swimming and stuff at their hotel um has has uh, made this tour particularly hard for the for the Indians, um, but let's not. I, I don't think we want to be going too far down the uh, like, you, you, like you know the miracle on ice um, in in ice hockey 
uh, at the Olympics back in the day, the Winter Olympics back in the day, when um, the, no NHL players used to go mm. to the Olympics. It would all be college kids. And uh, the USSR back then, as it's it been like in the 80s, wouldn't it? Um, the USSR would take that very seriously and, when they, uh, and they would assert their dominance and be like, look, we're the best motherfucking ice hockey players in the world. And then one year, a bunch of college kids um, beat them. Uh, it wasn't that. We're not talking <laughs> <No>. about this. <laughs> we're, we're talking about like A, A-list players. Uh, and we're talking about India who have the 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 well i mean let's be honest the best pool of players they have a very good domestic system and uh, yeah. they've got so, the ipl is, is that, so is that domestic system i think is really important and i also think their international setups absolutely spot on so they're under 19s and their india a team play proper competitive cricket and i think that they're led by raul dravid who is definitely someone to learn from he's not someone just to go <laughs> go and ignore is he um and i think what you touched upon the ipl and max you talked about the um kind of the, the being in a pressure situation mm. I also think it's the no fear attitude. They went to every single one of these test matches thinking they could win it. It wasn't a case of them properly batting out for the draw. Even the one they drew, they went for the win where they where they could until they were just like, oh, actually, look, this is probably a bit out of our reach. Um, and I think Pant is the perfect embodiment of that. I mean, Jack, at the start of the series, you had your reservations about Pant, but now the guy is going to play and play and play because he is capable of those kind of innings. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think the thing with Pant... Um, and I don't want to make this about England, but uh, we are all English. Um, and that's what we do, isn't it? That's kind of an English thing. Make it about England. Um, in the series, so India's next nine tests are against England. Um, and we're, we're going to see a lot of Pan. I wouldn't be so worried about Rishabh Pan. I mean, he's going to play an innings or two, but he will always, always give you a chance. Um, yeah. I think particularly in England, uh, that chance is probably going to be going a first or second slip. And... <laughs> being caught quite regularly um i i i, I think it's shubman gill who's the 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 real revelation um i mean i think this innings in in in, in on the fifth day to get that 91 and really set them up yeah the, well, um, the best thing the, yeah the best pr- thing privdy shaw's ever done is be shit for <laughs> india isn't it <laughs> uh, it's, it's harsh but it is a bit true isn't it <laughs> Um, are there any other points? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of other points. I mean, you've touched on a couple there that I wanted to bring up, which was a sort of a, a, a selection squad thing. And um, I mean, yeah, India C team is completely disingenuous and uh, very unfair on um, on the bowlers that they brought in. And I think it just highlights how strong this India squad is at the moment and, um, and how exciting it is. Uh, in the future, you know, I um, Umesh Yadav is thirty, I think, um, thirty-three. Sorry, uh, Ishant Sharma's thirty-two, so they're sort of reaching the end of their careers. And Mohammed Shami's in his like late Shami's 20s, thirty. Right? Yeah, Shami's yeah. thirty. So he, he looks with, like with forty-five those... as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is surprisingly thirty. Um, so I mean, with those those three sort of experienced, you might you put them in the experienced category. Mm. And uh, Siraj looking excellent in this series, and the other bowlers certainly doing themselves no harm. I think, uh, aside from the fact it's very exciting, what would you what would you do with India's like selection if they were all fit? Who are you, who are you picking? Like, well, I mean, Bumrah, Ashwin, well, oh, that, Jadeja. That, I'm, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> They're the easy ones, Jack. Don't um, you let your stall in. For, for as far as I've seen, uh, and and I will admit I haven't watched every ball of Indian Test cricket over the last five years. Uh, I I would take Mohammed Shami and I would take Siraj as the other two paces. 
Yeah. I just I don't think you can not pick Siraj for a bunch of the next tests after the way he bowled. Yeah. Well, he was he was their leading t- wicket taker in the series. Right. He yeah. played the same number of tests as Bumrah and took two more wickets. So that's not a bad audition, is it for the for the, t- for the team? <laughs> it's not bad. No. <laughs> um. I, I yeah. I think just. I, I mean, like you've got to envy, haven't you? Um. The the depth mm. of talent there. Yeah. It's um, it's. Pretty, it's pretty exciting. Um, uh, it's not England, India's C team, but uh, I mean, for England, well, what's this rotation? Uh, well, you know, actually, I mean, England's bowling's not too bad, is it? It'd be like Chris Wokes and Sam Curran. Um, Maybe Ollie Stone, Saki Mamoud. Yeah, they're not bad. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's yeah. not terrible, is it? Yeah, yeah. An England C team versus <laughs> India C team would be quite an exciting game, I think, actually. I'd, I'd probably watch that. That'd be good. Uh, Get some cheap tickets. <laughs> Well, we've looked, we've looked at uh, we've looked at India. Um, what are your thoughts around kind of Australia um, throughout throughout kind of the series? We kind of talked about their bowling a little bit, um, but there's some real questions to be asked um, around there. Um, one, you've already talked about their batting jack and how they're pretty much all fart and no poo. I think would be the um, best way to uh, describe Australian batting at the moment. Um, I think Matthew well, Wade's... they're all poo, aren't they? That's the problem. <laughs> I think um, Matthew Wade's Test career is finally coming to an end. He so. should be. He should be. He should be booted off the edge of the cliff. Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's, he's t- got no place in Test cricket. Yeah, Test average <laughs> un- under thirty after about thirty matches. See you later, Matthew Wade. Um, Cameron Green, Shane Watson, two point I think we're going to see a lot of him. I think he's going to be a good player. I I like Green. I think um, in the in the same way that uh, I I'm not like Pant doesn't terrify me as an England player in the same way that Gill does. Mm. Um, Green doesn't terrify me either because he looks like a dreadful starter. Like he, he doesn't look like he looks like Bambi on ice until he's faced about forty balls, and then he looks very, very good. Yeah. Um, you don't often uh, get that luxury in England, do you? Well, yeah. So I mean, I'm sure he'll crush us in Australia a few times. Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> um, but I do. I, I think he might not be quite the finished article yet. Is my judgment on on well, Green? I, I wouldn't expect so. He's quite young. He's a long, long way to go. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, from what the Aussies say, he's a very, very exciting talent and uh, worth worth looking looking at, uh, at in the future. I think, in terms of Australia, they I mean, they've got a real problem up top. I mean, Warner didn't. Warner came in, and I think he was rushed back out of panic. Like he was on the he, wasn't <laughs> he could barely walk, so he didn't do he he didn't do much good. But even even then, you know, he'll have like. Like that series against England, where Broad just got him out every time. Like he he does get stuck in a rut from time to time, and um and then like the other the other place is a real real problem for them. I think you probably you know you want to go with Pukowski because he looks what well, he played. Yeah, you know, the one in the one innings he played, he looked the part, and he's you know he's got clearly got skill and talent, but. He's going to miss games, isn't he? Like he he has this uh, you know this this issue with having been out with concussions a number of times, and you know whether he's going to be able to play every test game will will remains to be seen. Well, I wonder, I wonder what England's got... uh, I wonder what England's tactics will be when we got yeah, Joffre Archer. Joffre Archer, hmm. <laughs> and and then you've got you've got Joe Joe Burns, who's Joe Burns. I think is probably done, isn't he? Not yeah, and then like they. They gave Marcus Harris another go. Like I, I couldn't believe. That. I, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I think this is. I think this is. Um, I think this is a problem with the organisation or structures, probably, of Australian cricket. To be honest, it, it didn't feel to me uh, like they necessarily knew their best eleven. And 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 I think 
we have if we, if we're gonna give India like a few bonus points, um, we're gonna say, yeah, well done, India, despite some adversity doing this. You have to do the same for Australia, and the the fact is, their best opening batsman didn't play two tests and um, wasn't fit for the two that mm. he did play. Um, and Warner is a big differentiator in in, in Australian conditions. So. Um, I mean, let's if we look across the the four tests in the in the first couple, uh, it was Matthew Wade and, and Joe, <laughs> Joe Burns, Burns. <laughs> and the ghost of Joe Burns basically uh, yeah. opening the batting, which is, isn't great. And then who do they bring? So it was Warner and Wade for the third test. No, it was, sorry, it was Warner and Labuschagne for the third test, um, no, which yeah, looked Pukowski. okay on paper, but then it turned out that Warner couldn't run. So <laughs> I mean, like, what are you expecting to happen there? Um, and then the and then the fourth test, it's Warner again, maybe slightly fitter, but not moving that well. And and um, Marcus Harris, who you know never we, really we proved is no good. It's <laughs> never really nailed down the nailed down the position. So there's some some big big questions there. Uh, Cameron Green batting at six, uh, never played a test match before. That's a bold choice in your middle order. Uh, Matthew Wade also in the middle order, not very good really. I think is probably the... Travis Travis Head was around. Travis Head is who I think they should probably have persisted with. Averages over 40 in Test cricket. Uh, probably in a similar way to Pant, the way he plays means he's going to get out looking ugly sometimes. Mm. Uh, I, I wafting I, his bat. I'm not saying he's as good as Pant, mm. but I am saying that, like, back the guy who averages over 40 in Test cricket. Not under 30. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think what they did there was take him out the firing line, if I'm perfectly honest. I think it was one of those situations where they thought, do you know what, he's not going to do anything for the next two test matches. Let's give him a break. Let's give him a proper go in South Africa. I mean, an element of that, an element of that. But then I, I again, I, I think I think that speaks to the kind of Australian arrogance about how they thought they might win this series. Mm, yeah. um, I think they thought, oh, we can rest one of our players of the future, uh, bring him back in when it's against... Um, South Africa when he's had some time off or whatever. And Matthew Wade will just do the business because, you know, we're playing at the Gabba and we're playing at the SCG and we're Australia. That's what we do. Um, but it didn't work out like that. And I think I think not having your most talented players there is a problem. Uh, I also think uh, you've got you to ask some questions about the bowling. Ross, you made a really good point about rotation. Um, but Nathan Lyon as well. I mean... Yeah, have we, have we ruined him with our jingle? Is that what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's a, it's a mentality thing. I, I think they've now the ghost of Headingley. They now have also drawn the game and then lost this one. Fourth day for Australia under Payne's captaincy is just a bit of a hoodoo. He, he seems to make the wrong decisions. He's not great with DRS. Yeah. Um. There's, there's just tactical blunders that I think they that they are in that thing. And not I think tactical drops. blunders and, and, and a colossal <laughs> reliance on on Smith and Labuschagne. Uh, fair enough. You know, if you're going to rely on two blokes, Smith and Labuschagne are not up bad, there, aren't not they? Not bad choice. <laughs> Yeah, but um, you have to build some structure around them. Yeah, but I just think the the ruthlessness that you used to see under Ponting after uh, Ponting's Australia Wars Australia just isn't there. It, it, the ruthlessness of going on, like even Labuschagne, Labuschagne took pelters into the Australian press this week for getting a hundred and eight and then giving his wicket away, and they were just like he should be going on to make daddy centuries. What they mm. need to also look at is the middle order. The middle order, I think, in the was it the the first innings of this match, they all got forties. They all got starts. So Payne, Wade, whoever else is it, Green, they all got 40s and all got out. And that is just, that's not the way you win Test cricket. No, yeah. Well, especially in Australia. If you're in England, you know, you can rack up 350 and you're in the game. Mm. Like, that's a good score. Uh, you, you can't 
you can't be doing that. Yeah, I mean, um, the, in Australia, the, the Australian side of you know that that area you're talking about ten ten years ago or whatever it was. Um, I mean, they were they were intimidating, weren't they? Like you mm-hmm. you were in a battle mentally before you'd even hit the pitch. And I think this lot behave in the same way, but like what well, it's like what you say with all fart and no poo. They behave <laughs> yeah. in the same way, but they just don't have the same. Um, the same aura to back it up and skills to back it up. Yeah. 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 Matt, They're Matt, not as good. Yeah, they're not as good. And uh, you know, India stood up to them, and and they uh, they were rattled. Well, I've got um, I've got one final point. Um, Max, do you know um, what Rohit Sharma's bowling figures were from this game? Yes, I do. They were 0.1 overs, no maidens, not for one. You, I thought you were, he's on mine here. He went for six runs, mate. <laughs> no, it was, that was the economy rate, wasn't it? Oh my god! Oh, one run. Run. That's embarrassing, isn't it? Um, I've got one more point to make as well, I, I, and and I think this is uh, a wider cricketing point. Back to India. I reckon, um, and I don't know if you two will agree with me, but this will be remembered as a bit of a marker in the history of the game. Mm. Um, for people who listen to this, uh, probably, probably are English and maybe Australian fans and, and are maybe more casual followers of the game, if you didn't know already, we cricket has entered the age of India. Um, and... I think this series will probably demonstrate what that looks like in the future. And I mean that um, in terms of... Are you talking yeah, age of West Indies, age of Australia, now India dominate? Yeah, yeah I, 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 but I think with that off-field power as well, um, I, I, I think... Yeah, it's nice having more the money more, behind you, isn't it? More and more Indian. And I, I think you'll see that uh, in terms of them being able to field at least the best 11 in the world and maybe the best second 11 as well uh, in terms of player depth. I think they'll be able to produce more better players. I think blokes will come out of nowhere to be bowling really quickly. If you if you don't follow the IPL, they'll come out of nowhere to be bowling really well or batting really well. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I think this is this will be looked back on as the point where we say this is when India went from th- threatening to be the on-field powerhouse, to match the off-field powerhouse, to being the all-round thing. I mean, if it hasn't happened already, to be quite honest, they've lost yeah. four tests at home in a decade, uh, which is a pretty good base to start from. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think they will start to dominate um, teams from, from overseas as well. I mean, just you only have to look at the selection for this to see what 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 we're dealing with. They're, I think there were three players that started the first test that also started the last test. And that 11, I mean... As we've said, uh, that's not by any other team standards in the world. That's not a second eleven or a second no. eight. Um, but you could argue that for India, uh, yeah. and I, I think, I think I don't know. What do you two reckon? Is this the is this the the dawn of the age of India? Well, well, I think there's there's also another bit there, Jack, around what we've seen over the last probably two or three years in Test cricket in general. That when matches go to the fifth day, teams aren't just looking to see that out and bat out the day. They are trying to set themselves up for a win, and that, that's not what they did previously in kind of the 80s and 90s. I mean, you'd get rolled by Australian West Indies, no doubt, but people are now going for that victory, and I just think that's a, it's a positive step. And I think that's probably the increase in um, people playing multi-format cricket and actually trying to build that that confidence especially look at England England's confidence into that and what India are trying to do I think it's going to be make for some very interesting test match cricket I think we should get smashed India just going to smash everyone is what I reckon will happen <laughs> oh, I yeah, think I've, I just, I've got absolutely I mean we'll, just, we'll do a 
we'll do a proper preview of that uh, in in a uh, week or two, no doubt. But I I do not hold up much hope for that. What I want to see is India New Zealand. That's the that's the series. I want to see. Right, <laughs> that would be good. Those two um, that would be really good. And I I think India in England will be interesting as well because mm. the conditions will give England a chance. Yes. And I mean England juice it as much as possible. Probably more than any other team in the world, to be honest, to give England the best possible chance at yeah. home. Well, and you, um, you said actually uh, earlier, Jack, you would be very interested in seeing Australia versus India at Lords. That, I think that would that be, would pretty, be interesting. I think seeing, after this seeing series, both of them alien to swinging conditions and what happens <laughs> oh, there, that could be hilarious. We should just tip to the World Test Championship, which is how that would be facilitated. Yes. Someone worked this all out on Reddit, but I think the mo- at this point, the most likely final is India v Australia. Yeah, um, there aren't uh, many unless, games left, are there? Yeah, Australia need to win in in South Africa. That's not necessarily a given, but they probably will. Uh, and India need to to not lose three nil at home to England. <laughs> Ooh, could be tough. Could <laughs> um, be tough. Final final point. Unless anyone else has got anything else, I uh, would. Well, I had one question, one small last question for you guys, which was where where does this sit as a as a series and test win? Where would you put this in terms of performance? Like maybe, maybe in terms of in the context of away series performances in in Test cricket, I would say the Test itself. I think this isn't my last point, but we'll get onto that. Cause I think it rounds off yeah. quite nicely. I think um, the the match itself is probably a top ten that I can think of off the top of my head. Again, like this is with reference to me being twenty eight and. <laughs> Not remembering the whole history of Test cricket, <laughs> the whole of cricket ever. <laughs> but um, but it's it's in terms of the achievement, uh, I I think it's pretty high up there mm. um, to to chase three hundred and twenty nine on a fifth day pitch away from home against uh, quote unquote the best pace attack in the world. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a team that's unbeaten at said ground for for thirty three um, years. Thirty three yeah. years. Yeah. Um, in terms of series. Uh, it, it's in the it's in the ballpark of, of some good ones, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it's two thousand and five. I don't no. think the tests were close enough. No. Um, even if the arc of the series was interesting, some of the tests mm, were they brilliant? Like were were they actually fantastic? They had I think they, compelling they, they definitely improved. They reached a, they reached a, a climax <laughs> yeah. in the right. I think that's what's good about it is it's gone in the right direction. Like yeah, no, some you know, there some was, crazy there was shit drama. Happened. In the first two, but like the real drama happened right at the end, and that—that's uh... yeah. Look, it's it's a really interesting series. It's probably a top five series that yeah. I could think of. Ross, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I, I agree with your points there. I think it definitely eclipses um, Coley's win a couple of years ago in Australia. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. this was a this was a more impressive win. Um, obviously, he'll take the captaincy back because he is Virat Kohli, um, and I don't. I think Rahali did a great job, and he'll be part of that team for a little while now, which is uh, which is a positive thing. And it could always lean on him for his tactical nous that the commentators kept on going on about. Um, last thing then. Uh, I I don't know if you've seen the backstories of some of the new Indian players. No. They are quite interesting. So just to run through them quite quickly, to to give you, I mean, like, to, to probably I think the most um, dramatic thing about this is is really the difference in, in where some of these players will have come from versus where a lot of the Australians will have come from, uh, which is probably quite nice facilities in Sydney grey cricket or Melbourne <laughs> grey cricket. Um, uh, and I'm not saying that, that like none of the Australians ever fa- faced hardship when they were young, but uh, to, to run through a few, uh, Natarajan is the son of a loom worker who had to make big decisions about investing in shoes to play cricket when he was young. Um, 
<laughs> he has a son who was born during the IPL. He hasn't seen that son yet because he's been in biobubbles. Uh, Siraj, I don't know if you've heard this. I think he's the only Muslim on the team, uh, which is probably a reasonably challenging challenging situation to be in, given contemporary Indian politics. Uh, we'll stay broadly out of that, I think. But um, For the best. Uh, <laughs> if you want to read more, there's a Siddharth Monga article on Crickinfo about some of that. Uh, anyway, he is the son of a rickshaw driver. Uh, his dad, who was a rickshaw driver, passed away whilst Siraj was in Australia. Um, obviously, he didn't get to go home to the funeral, uh, and his dad never got to see him play test cricket, which was his dream. Uh, didn't bowl with a leather ball until he was 21 years old. Wow. <laughs> which is pretty pretty insane. Uh, Navdeep Saini, uh, he had to fund his own coaching as a kid by playing in exhibition matches with a tennis ball for three, 300 rupees a go, which translates to about uh, three pounds. Um, Vahari, his dad was um, his dad passed away when he was 11 was rich enough though to have a bowling machine in his garden um, his mum fed him balls for two and a half hours a day to get him good at cricket uh, Shubman Gill's family moved hundreds of miles to get to be closer to a cricket academy so he can make it um, uh, Washington Sundar is named after his dad's benefactor so I mean that's a circumstance you couldn't envisage happening <laughs> In, in England or Australia. And finally, Ross, I think you'll like this one. Uh, Shardul Thakur, uh, he was obese when he was young. Uh, apparently, <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently, Sachin Tendulkar uh, is the person who inv- advised him to lose some weight and said, you could be a great player if you did. Uh, and there he is uh, at the uh, at the Gabba, smashing the ball all over the place and uh, taking wickets. So you there's, know, a, there's like, a five part series in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's that gives you a little impression of, of where some of these Indian guys come from, uh, and you know, fair play, like uh, uh, a fantastic thing. Uh, just final thing uh, from Twitter, Steve Box uh, with a really valuable contribution here. Steve, um, Tim Payne's shit. There we are. I think uh, what a what a way motion to end the carried. <laughs> We will be back uh, after a short break with um, England v Sri Lanka. We love hearing from our listeners, so please follow us at The Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you have a great story like Scotty G did about the Hayden Way, Matthew Hayden's personal website, we want to hear about it. So from wherever you're from, send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show. Email us on thecricketpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, so England versus Sri Lanka. So it was the first test um, which finished on Monday with England wrapping up a seven-wicket victory, um, which sounds relatively straightforward, but um, there was definitely some England traits of old sprinkled throughout, um, as well as bits of brilliance. Um, England had a bit of an interesting plan of batting well at one part, bowling well at one part, batting shit for another part, bowling really shit. And it was a bit of a, a bit of a Pakistani performance is what I took for, took away from it. Um, however, uh, England, as I said, came back with one fan um, shouting Jerusalem from the fort. Um, and it, overall, a great start to the winter. Um, my first question out of the block for both of you guys, um, is Don Bess the new Graham Swan as he had a fifer straight off the plane? <laughs> Only if you're talking well. about his dancing. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, I no, no. It was, it was, 
I, what no. I really what I really enjoyed was uh, it's rare when it comes to pr- um, like professional commentary when you've got like Nasser Hussein on there who really rip into kind of a lineup and Sri Lanka pro- probably one of the worst batting performances you're going to see in a home game and uh, it was, I think it was the worst. It was shocking. It was, <laughs> it was like, so got, bad. Ross, you're right. Sometimes, sometimes they don't often do it, but when they do it. Like they can be harsh, and sometimes because you're you've got to play a role, uh, there are people who are worse than, it, than others. Michael Vaughan, um, but, but they make statements. Uh, the pundits make statements which are like not really defensible. Um, some people will say this is the worst batting performance I've ever seen, and I I honestly think that probably is true. I just they were so yeah. tragically incompetent. I mean, the thing the thing is like they got to 135 somehow i think uh hasaranga had a bit of a blast didn't he and uh and, and made it look not as bad but when you compare it to things like um even even let's say in england when they were bowled out what was it for like 70 was it by ireland at lords <laughs> at least they were bowling straight and vaguely at the stump so that if no, you missed tim it Murt's you were going to be out tim Murt take has taken 500 wickets at, at lords it, it, it's embarrassing but it's not but it's like... not like yeah <laughs> It's not it's entirely your fault. In, the, like, in this case, like, what, nine, ten wickets out of them were just stupidity. Well, well, was it was it three reverse sweep wickets in the first innings, or was that across the match? Uh, I think I think it was two in the first match. So uh, my okay. second question was, would you advise aspiring test match players to play the reverse sweep on day one, let alone when you're three wickets down and you've got about 15 runs on the yeah. board? Not at 27 for three. At 135 for nine, like maybe, because it's gone at that point. Well, from what I could see, it looked like they'd never played the reverse sweep at all in their life. And then they automatically premeditated that that was the percentage shot at that specific moment in time. Uh, yeah, I mean, what I particularly don't get about this, and let, let's go back to your original question, because Don Bess's Pfeiffer needs a, a deep dive. Oh, it was, it was the single, the single worst set of five wickets I've ever seen in my life, including all the club cricket I've ever played. <laughs> we we know it was bad. Don Bess knows it was bad. Everybody, Randy Caddick standing on the Gaul Fort could see it was bad from 150 meters away. The Sri Lankans knew it was bad, um, but it's yeah, like. It, you know, it was bad. <laughs> There's not much to more to say about it, is there? Right. Um, None of them but, were wicket-taking deliveries. Yeah, but you have to. I don't know. You have to. You have to ask what Sri Lanka had done in preparation for this test, because you're facing a guy who is bowling a lot of of, of average deliveries. And Ross, to answer to answer your second question, having got the best out, best question out of the way, he's not he's not Graham Swan. He was pretty lucky; he didn't bowl that well. Um, you had you to answer your second question about the reverse sweep. When do you want to get the reverse sweep out, um, or do you want to get it out on day one? The answer is yes. If you're bowl, if you're facing um, quite good bowling, and maybe you don't really know which way it's going to spin or how much it's going to spin, and the bounce is like not particularly threatening. Um, you didn't need to, you didn't need the the criteria for getting the reverse sweep out was not there. You did the checklist you need to go through? Just, yeah, to, to approve reverse sweeping was not was not it was not fulfilled. You could, as Max, you, as you say, there you could wait for the two short balls and over and just knock them for a couple and of runs. Try the occasional not, boundary. Try not to hit it to deep point. <laughs> Well, I mean, even air. if you did, it's just a free run. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, like, how 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 much do we want to lay in 
to 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 Sri Lanka here because well, it was fucking it was fucking awful. They were abysmal. Well, well, I think we've, you've kind of um, said that in no uncertain terms. And I think anyone who followed any of that cricket will know how bad it was. Um, the stat from Crickviz wasn't it um, that the five wickets that Don Best took in the first innings actually had a what a wicket wicket expectancy of zero point one eight. Was that yeah, right? that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't expect Don Best to have taken a wicket twenty percent of the time. In other words, like not a single wicket, and he walked away with five. <laughs> Anyway, what uh, happened after that, Ross? Um, well, there was. Uh, I think I want to put both innings together here for England because the openers. I think England. Ha- I'm not sure if they've got it right. Twenty three runs between Dom Sibley and Zach Crawley opening up. Um, what? What? Have, what? Have we, where have we gone wrong there with the selection? Because there is a couple of different people to choose from. Well, I, I know what you're leaning towards here, Ross. Yeah, and I think you're wrong, and that's fine. And that's fine. Let's just try to explain what you think because. Yeah. I, uh, and then me and Max can talk about what we think. Yeah, so I, I think if England are going to have the balls to pick Johnny Bairstow based upon his record in Asia, they need to pick someone who also has a good record opening up in Asia. That's why I think Keaton Jennings should have been on the plane and should have been opening up when they said Rory Burns wasn't going to turn up. Um, that is what that, that is my hypothesis. Um, I think Burns isn't actually an amazing player of spin. Um, he averages 28 against it. Sibley's average is worse than that. And I mean, did you see his leave in the second innings? That's um, good, wasn't it? That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Two types of leave. Yeah, that, and that was certainly a bad one. Um, <laughs> Zach, Zach Crawley showed his inexperience, um, but he's worth persisting with after his, what, 267 against Pakistan. Um, I don't see any point in Bracey being there. Whilst Keaton Jennings is sat home with his feet up and he averages in Sri Lanka... 46.6 he's got a high score of 146 there um he also has an average of over 40 in india where he at 112 facing off against ashwin and jadeja he should be in the side in my opinion yeah i disagree with that i don't really see what keaton jennings builds you towards um in terms of taking up a place in the side uh in terms of what you do with him when you go back to england and you know he can't do the job um and, and in terms of 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 um, wasting a place against a team that aren't very good. You don't get that many soft-ish fixtures in Sri Lanka. Now we all predicted. I mean, we didn't. We didn't acknowledge that we uh, got three on the bounce wrong in the India Australia series, but we got. We got. <laughs> we did. Um, we all predicted two nil England, and it looks like it probably will be two nil England um, based on that first test. And I, I, I don't really see why you try something that you know doesn't really work in the long term in one of the games where you're really sort of expecting to win. Um, I get the point. Sibley doesn't necessarily look up to it against Spim. Um, But I also think that we don't necessarily know that for sure. Mm. Um, I I think he needs to have a think, a long, hard think about what some of his options are. Uh, and in, in in a similar way to the Sri Lankans thinking like going through the checklist for for when you get the reverse sweep out, he needs to have a think about like well, what what do I defend, what do I play at, what are my scoring options, uh, which bowlers do I target, and so on. Uh, I, I think really with Sibley, it's probably an, an inexperienced thing. The same with Crawley. I mean, he's younger than Crawley, isn't he? Or the same age as Crawley. So I think there, it's it's probably as much an inexperienced thing as a as a lack of talent thing. I take your point. You know, like if 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 England only played in Asia, uh, maybe Dom um, 
it's not his name, is it? Keaton Jennings. <laughs> maybe Keaton Jennings would be worth a punt. Mm. Um, or maybe he'd be a, a more stable member of the team. But they don't. Um, and I think the other problem uh, that, that England have uh, in terms, or any team has in terms of selecting people for certain conditions, is you don't really get enough of a sample size about people's ability in certain conditions um, from test cricket. Uh, you and, and and it's not like Keaton Jennings has gone over and played in the Ranji Trophy and averaged fifty five all season <laughs> or something like that, is it? Or or Dom Sibley can go and do that because that's not really how international uh, how how first class cricket works across the world. Um, so you are, I I think you're generally best off picking the players who you think will have the highest career average um, for every game and and accept that on occasion. There are individual circumstances where that might not be right, but those players, because they will achieve a higher career average, are the ones most capable of learning, changing their game, uh, improving themselves and improving your team as a whole. So um, don't get Keaton Jennings a plane ticket. <laughs> Max, what do you think about Keaton Jennings? I, um, I, I don't have a huge amount to add to that, Jack. That was pretty comprehensive, but I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, generally, I would sum up. Uh, I mean, there was a, um, there is an argument for horses for courses uh, in certain situations, but you could argue that it's also uh, a, a sort of type of short-termism. And I think if you're, tr- you're trying to build a team, really, aren't you? And you, as you say, you, like, you want your best players around, and they are young and they need the opportunity to be able to improve how they play against spin for you know games like they'll, they'll be playing in England in international cricket against top class spinners and it, it won't spin as much but it will get to a fourth fifth day and you'll be picking these players because they are the best players at home and if they have that experience of having been to Sri Lanka where it spins a lot or you know and you're playing it's a lot of spin you might start out being rubbish but it might give you clues onto how you can work your game experience of working on your game and i think that kind of experience is absolutely key to be able to you know make them more round all-rounded test players and i think it would generally benefit the side as a whole by keeping them in and I think, as you said, we we know that Keaton Jennings will just dangle a bat outside of stump and get nicked off a slip every other ball. So I, I think one of the other things is that Sri Lanka is probably the only place in the world where you could pick people because they're spin specialists. Um, like Bumrah's not played a test at home in India, but you know I'm going to guess that probably still be, be quite good. He'll be pretty good when he gets there. I'm going to guess that India will have uh, a couple of other seamers as well. Probably half their overs will be polled by seamers uh, who are of an equal or better quality than the England seamers. Uh, I don't think Keaton Jennings is is your answer to that problem. Uh, whereas Dom Sibley has proven capable of doing it. Um, can we talk about England's batting more broadly? Yeah, and Joe I mean, Root, oh, oh, he was that, pretty that, good, wasn't he? Well, that was that was going to be Max had teamed me up perfectly there around um, learning how to play spin. They should just look no further than how Joe Root batted. He was he was brilliant. He it was back to old Joe Root. It was all kind of you saw that the small movements in him. I think um, bring up Nasser Hussein again talked around what he was doing against Hazelwood and Cummings last uh, when England played uh, Australia. Now he's kind of back into the old Joe Root, and I mean. Was it two hundred and uh, how many runs was it in the end? Two twenty eight. Two twenty eight. That is a, that is yeah. a daddy century. That is a that is mm. the match winning st- double yeah. century. And if there's one thing that people have criticised Joe Root for lately, it's well he didn't get a century last year and he doesn't convert fifties enough. So um, he stuck two fingers up there and said, "Look at that," which is great. He, he did do that. that um, do you know what's special about two two eight? Or do you know what's annoying about two two eight, boys? 
Is it one off his high score or something? No. Uh, every score between 0 and 250 has been made except 229. Oh. <laughs> so... That's that's phenomenal. What a great stat. <laughs> so so um, that is incredibly annoying for uh, the Zaltzmans of the world, I, mm. I would imagine. Um, can I ask a broader question uh, about, so, like, you know, Joe Root's amazing. We talked a lot about, well, we haven't talked much about Joe Root. Uh, maybe someone can talk about it a bit more in a second. Um, I've got a question. Was it a good batting performance from England or was it an average batting performance from England? So uh, this was this was a bit interesting for me because I thought um, I thought Bearstow actually looked fine. Bearstow coming back in, I thought he looked assured. It was clear that he'd played Test cricket before, and he was he was Johnny Bearstow. He was confident in what he was doing. Um, Apart from one session where it, he clearly had taken hallucinogenics at tea, <laughs> <laughs> licked a few toads at old Johnny Bearstow. I, I just uh, I, he just lost it, didn't he? For like for like a couple of overs, just went absolutely mental. I, I th- <laughs> I think some. I think sometimes the Johnny Bairstow in him gets the better of him. I think the intensity goes too far, and he it kind of goes off yeah. the scale, and it's a bit panicky, isn't it? When he ran Joe Root out, for example, or Joe Root ran himself out, whichever side you're on, um, it was clear. Uh, it was a... What uh, there are two sides to that, are there? Well, there's always two sides if there's two batsmen, Max. Um, not, not, not when a man plays a forward defensive with men around the bat and then calls a man through. <laughs> uh, Dan Lawrence, um, calm, collected. Love, love his batting technique. Absolutely love his batting technique. And I don't. It was it was compared to Kevin Peterson on Sky. Um, might be a bit too soon to be suggesting that, but again, looked very Probably. assured. Yeah. On balance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, and where England's typically quite strong, I think, is from seven to eleven. Jack, you mentioned it when we did the preview with Bear from Greta Cricket, um, saying that England are typically have been really strong over the last what decade um, in that seven to kind of nine category, and even then you're getting r- runs down the bottom of the order uh, at ten and eleven. Um, I don't think Stuart Broad is number eleven. I think he proved that he'd found a bit of batting form last year, um, and I don't think he's. He should be behind Leach and uh, Markwood. I think he didn't feel like it, basically. <laughs> I thought I think Stuart Broad does what Stuart Broad wants to do. Um, <laughs> he did that. He did that mad interview at the beginning of last summer. Then went on an absolute tear, and now he's king of the castle, isn't he? There's nobody that tells Stuart Broad what. To, I bet you he talks about himself in third person. Maybe he's media trained enough to not do it on on in, in interviews. Uh, or even on like the stump mic, but I bet he talks about himself as Broadie. Uh, uh, I, I, I Broadie bet. wants to bat eleven today. I, I bet he said that. I bet. <laughs> I, I bet you even further that he will do every reality TV show <laughs> after his career finishes. He will be on the Jungle. He'll be. He'll probably do X Factor. Knowing him, he'll do everything he possibly could do to s- celebrate himself a little bit more. Um, yeah, I um, I we didn't. Uh, I really like Dan Lawrence. Just wanted to pick up on that. Mm. Uh, I I think of all the players. So I I actually think. And I was looking at this. Um, the the average second innings score in at goal is four hundred and twenty five. Now I think probably this pitch was a little bit harder than a four hundred and twenty five pitch, and I think England did really well, mainly off the back of Joe Root. But I don't think mm, that all of the batters covered themselves in glory. I think well, Bearstow, we know the openers didn't. We've spoken about that. Yeah, the openers didn't. I think Bearstow gets credit comes out with credit because he batted quite well in the second innings. Uh, Root obviously does, and Lawrence does. Uh, but uh, England's vaunted tail uh, was not necessarily fantastic. Um, and I, I think of all the players who who made me question my ideal England eleven, Lawrence was the one 
who who rocked the boat, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, um, the most. And I think what struck me most about him was that he seemed to be having so much fun when he was playing. So he was, he was. Um, I think he was he was with Bearstow. Obviously, no, he was with Bearstow for the partnership that eventually won England the game. Mm. Uh, and the ball was spinning all over the place, and he was just laughing and joking about it. It was a real uh, contrast of, of, of approaches from from Bearstow. I don't think he's ever smiled in his life. And uh, Dan Lawrence was just like, "Oh, that was quite funny. That one that spat and like flew <laughs> past the shoulder of the bat." And I think like. Um, that approach and Ross, as you said, his sort of technique, playing the ball really late, suggests or suggests that 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 he's probably well, he could become a bit of a banker in that that England middle order. Yeah, it throws a cat amongst the pigeons, doesn't it? With Ollie Pope waiting in the wings, I would. Yeah, how they? I would drop him. What Pope? I would drop Pope for Lawrence. I mean, only one test, isn't it? We'll see how Lawrence goes in the next one. But Pope. I, I think Bearstow's gone already. I mean, like, would you draw me to do it by India team now? <laughs> do it. Might as well. Sibley, Burns, Crawley, Root, uh, Lawrence, Butler. Fucking who cares about the bowlers? <laughs> Stokes. But that, Stokes, yeah, Stokes is in there, isn't he? Um, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Jack, you, you mentioned the pitch. Um, which I think is quite quite because it was a bit shit, wasn't it? Really, the like the the pitch was a bit rubbish. And I'm just, is it a deliberate? I know when you go to Asia, the pitches are pretty dreadful. Anyway, I don't think it was that but, bad, but it wasn't great, was it? Well, I wouldn't no, say it was right. Great. So I, I've, I because I did guerrilla cricket, I've watched a lot more of this test than you two. Um, so I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pull more Chast- audio visual rank. The- yeah, I'm gonna fucking have a go at you. Tell us, son. tell us about the pitch. <laughs> um, it was pretty flat. Like there was, the, the both teams had extended periods where they the bat, batters were massively, massively on top. Mm. Um, Matthews, Kusal uh, uh, Pereira, Tiramani, Tiramani, Test century in thirty attempts or something. Yeah, like a guy. So Tiramani, I don't know if you know. There's a there's a pretty funny stat about him. Uh, assuming a minimum of twenty matches, he is the worst top four batter in the world. Uh, and he scored a pretty easy hundred. You have to say it wasn't. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't one of those like battling master hundreds uh, that you see. It wasn't Kusal Mendis in in South Africa a couple of years ago, was it? Uh, it was. It was. It wasn't too challenging. And I know part of that's because England's spinners aren't, aren't amazing. But I think the pitch, apart from when the new ball was in play, was really quite easy to bat on. Um, I reckon that. A lot of England fans will be like, oh, wow, what a, what a stunning win. Uh, because they'll have watched that one hour where Sri Lanka had the new ball and they were bowling with spin right at the end of day four and they were getting it to leap around a little bit. And Crawley was batting like a cat on a hot tin roof. Sibley was leaving balls that were going straight into middle stump. Um, and Joe Root was running himself out. And, it, and you have England fans, we've got, you got the fear, the panic. And, and now we're projecting that fear and panic onto the wicket, which was actually relatively benign. It was a, it was a reasonably classic Asian wicket in that you needed to rack up a score of 400 to win the test uh, in the first innings. And that, that was sort of a minimum. It was quite easy to bat. Not, not 135. Day... Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's for day one, two or three. And in our preview show, we actually said that the only way that we could see England losing is if they were crap for all four innings. And if you look at England across the four innings... Um, 
great result in the first innings. I don't know if they were amazing, but you have to say, if it's a results business, and uh, 135 is a good result. With the bat, batting second, they probably got slightly above average. It wasn't... They didn't get 600. They weren't like three centurions. They didn't declare. They did a, a bit better than they needed to do. Uh, third, third inning, so Sri Lanka batting, they bowled okay. Like they, they didn't bowl any better than okay. They did probably average for that circumstance. And then fourth innings, they were then the, again okay, maybe slightly, they maybe panicked slightly. Um, and I, I think basically, um, yes, Ross, to, to answer your original point, pitch was fine. Cool. That's, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I don't know where um, I was going with that. <laughs> um, so you, t- you talk about England's performance in the third innings where they, where they were bowling. Um, so we talked about best slightly at the start. Um, him and Leach, had a, was it a really a Jekyll and Hyde performance or was it just a gradual kind of easing back in? Leach hadn't played cricket in over a year. What, 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 was, the, what was the feeling there about, around how they grew into the match? For Leach, I think it's <clears throat> excuse me. For Leach, I think it's probably the uh, the latter, isn't it? I mean, he has he hasn't played barely played cricket for for a year or more, and then to be thrown in to a, a test match in Sri Lanka where you have to bowl tons and tons of overs, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, and uh, he he struggled to start with, and he struggled with his consistency. But you could see that he was starting to get back into it. So I think in um, for Leach, we. It's just to keep an eye on him in the next test and see how he how he gets on and see if he can use sort of the um, the uh, experience and the and the, well just the the game time from uh, from the first test in the second test. Um, as as for Bess, I, I I mean we've not been convinced by him from the start and I've not seen anything to change my mind. There were so many full tosses. Like I'm giving Jack Leach a pass because of what I've just said, but for for Don Bess, he's been around the team. He was around the team last year, and I've not seen any change that stopped him bowling uh, a full toss every over or two. And it's just, it's not good enough. I, I think that's a pretty good summation, Max. I think the other, the thing that maybe concerned me a little bit about both the bowlers, I think, well, certainly about Beth, um, it took them quite a long time to get the pace of the wicket. So by the end of day four, Leach was bowling the right pace in the right areas and, and was looked like the best, probably the best bowler in the game, to be honest, uh, on both sides. And um, Bess, I don't think, ever really got it. Um, so I think there are concerns there from Bess's point of view, because if you don't know how quickly to bowl or where to bowl, it's very hard to take wickets as a spinner or as any bowler, to be honest. Um, and there are a few concerns about how long it took Leach to to get to to the stage where he was bowling in a nice rhythm. Uh, you know, granted, he's played two matches in 14 months, nearly died last year. Uh, probably, probably felt like he was under a lot of pressure. And I think he sort of said as much, didn't he, in an interview with uh, the BBC, mm-hmm. that it's been pretty tough being out of the side when I think he felt he deserved to be in it. Um, so he, I imagine if I were him in that test, I'd be like, I need to get some wickets here. Otherwise I'm going to be for the high jump. Uh, and fair play he did, you know, in the end. Mm. Um, so well, let's, uh, let's flip that onto um, Sri Lanka's spin bowlers. Um, Jack, as you said, you watched quite a bit of the cricket as you uh, did a bit of commentary on it. Um, Embal Denia looks pretty decent. He looks much better than Hasaranga, who... Um, Certainly does. Um, <laughs> the, the only mystery about Hasaranga is why he's in the Sri Lankan test team. <laughs> um, I think basically because first-class cricket in Sri Lanka is so bad that they don't think he'll develop there. They, they'd like, they want a leg spinner, and so they picked, I don't know, the, the one they found. And to get him good enough to play international cricket, 
they have to sort of bring him around. Like, Throw him into the cauldron. Yeah, and it's it's not great. Is it? It's not great, is it? He yeah. wasn't very good. No, he can bat no. a bit as well, which kind of helps. That's true. Yeah, a bit of a counter a counter attacking innings in the first um, first innings, and and didn't look well. Yeah, he, uh, maybe I think a he was out reverse in. sweeping in the. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all, Go good on players, all good players do. Um, but, oh, on Embel Denny, I was really impressed with. I think he looks like he's got a really nice, nice action, really um, smooth action to the crease, and yeah. um, obviously helped a little bit by the fact that he bowls left arm orthodox and he's playing England. I so, would say that his figures are indicative of how unthreatening the pitch was for a lot of the match. He got what did he get? Five for two hundred, and we're saying he's their best bowler. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not amazing, is it? No, Across no. a match. No. Did you know, I haven't really got much more to say on him, but I have got one good thing. Embledenia means lemon land. Well, there we go. That is good. Yeah. That, that, that is what we, what we bring you on the, the cricket <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, only a bit for me on the Shrankin bowling front was, um, did they miss a trick and not under bowl Fernando? I thought it was quite impressive, actually, from the bits I saw. Um, and I think they missed a trick there, in my opinion. Possibly, yeah. I, I actually think um, England's tactical switches with bowling were better than Sri Lanka's. They didn't let the get England didn't. Joe Root captain well. Um, when the spinners weren't working, he used the paces effectively to give Sri Lanka something else to think about and to dry up the runs. Uh, on the fourth day, um, it looked like Sri Lanka might get away from England because Leach and Best bowled really badly in the morning. Mm. Um, and he switched it around after lunch, bowled himself a little bit to tie up one end, be a little bit of a threat, and then had um, Wood and Curran um, bowling from the other and mixing it up um, with Broad. Uh, Curran got a breakthrough, obviously, with the new ball, which has... As we all know, Curran makes <laughs> things happen. So. Uh, Curran bowled really well, it has to be said. Um, but the the paces tied down Sri Lanka and, and actually... Um, I, I kind of think forced the issue for Sri Lanka a little bit later on. So they realised they weren't scoring quick enough mm-hmm. on a deteriorating wicket to get ahead of England. Uh, well, it's something kind of a reasonable target. Something you mentioned last week in the preview show, wasn't it? Was it that Stuart Broad said basically that he sees the bowlers' roles as inverted in in Sri Lanka, and that's pretty much what we saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I he think bo- that he bowled fourteen maidens in the in, in the match. I think he had an economy rate of zero point. Eight nine in the final innings. Um, anyway, let's talk about the next test, shall we? Can we just ask? Can I do one last question for you two on that one? Did, how what, how did you rate that England win? So obviously the the chase in the in the the last innings looked nervy. I think it was a pretty easy England win. Seven wickets. I would say England with the dominant team probably got what they deserved. Um, what do you reckon? I think it's one of the best of all time, actually. I think, I think when it comes to Test cricket, I think it's, uh, it's, it probably eclipses the India Australia. Uh, no, I, I think I think after not playing um, a lot of um, a lot of Test cricket, and England typically starts slowly. Sri Lanka, as we said, are pretty rubbish. And I think if England did if England didn't win by a comfortable margin, which is what they did at the end, um, I think it would have been a bit embarrassing for them. Max. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a six out of ten. I think we we were okay Oof, and we won, we won comfortably, but you just well, yeah. If, if Sri Lanka hadn't just imploded on the on the first day, it might have been a bit a bit more of a, a squeaky bum time. But uh, at the end, as it was, um, we saw it through. And Joe, no, Joe Root's uh, batting yeah. was a highlight, and that was. I mean, I think Joe Root notches it up to a seven by himself. Yeah, he? maybe. Well, maybe. Well, speaking of squeaky bum time, Mickey Arthur's shorts. What are they all about? Oh God. <laughs> How do we get this far into the show without talking about Mickey Arthur's shorts? <laughs> Max, I presume you've seen this. This was early in the morning. 
No, was it, were they riding a bit high? No, it's strong. It's the 90- camera angle. Yeah, it's, it's strong 1980s Graham Souness football shorts. That's what oh, they're, oh they're, lovely. They're, any minute, it looks like a bit of brains about to pop out. And he, he's got. <laughs> He's got a wide stance as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not. He's, it's not a very ladylike position. It was he's a man, a man spread and a half, wasn't it? The camera is like shooting up ten degrees into the danger area. Yeah, and um, and it, they only can they cut to him. I don't know if you ever seen Mickey Arthur, but he gets very animated yes, whenever anything yeah. happens. Like there was the the root court, not caught. Mm. Um, the uh, the roots run out. He was in stitches. Yes, in absolute and hysterics with um, yeah, Flower, Grant Flower. As as Ross said, it doesn't look like that small patch of nylon is enough to contain what the is beast within. within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's bowling in the danger zone. Anyway, um, when it comes to the next test, um, a couple of questions. Um, are we going to go to three spinners or do you think we'll keep with the same structure? We're both shaking our heads. Um, yes. Moeen's been ruled out by the team doctor and I think he's the one who would have come in for wood. So I, well, you never know. They might throw Amir Verdi in or something like that. But mm-hmm. I, or is Parkinson in the squad? Maybe. Yeah, what does he look like? Um, uh, I think, um, so I, yeah, I don't think he will. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can pick another spinner because I don't know if the spinners we've got left can bat well enough. Because mm. if they're going to come in, they'd replace Best, surely. And, and he offers something with the bat, allegedly. Whereas Jack Leach, um, you're not going to replace him as a bowler. Yeah. But mm. yeah, that make, makes it so, a bit too weak. So what are we saying? Stone for Wood and Anderson for Broad and Curry. So I was, I was thinking about this. I would I would keep Wood in because I don't think I've, I'm sort of thinking with my uh, injuries. Wait, but he barely bowled. Like he bowls like five, four or five overs ago, and I'm thinking with India on the horizon. I'm not. I don't. Know, well, I suppose maybe Ollie Stone will will play one because there are three tests in short succession. But I don't see Ollie Stone playing that much, and I'm thinking maybe Mark Wood. Um, you know, should just uh, be out there getting the game. And with the same logic, I would swap Broad and Anderson because they're both going to play in games in India and you give Anderson a run out. I would, that would suck for Wood, wouldn't it? To be honest. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't got the greatest bowling average in the world already. Be like, oh, you're going to have to bowl 15 overs and field for a 300. <laughs> yeah, but he's, 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 take he's, no wickets and go for about 40 yeah, they're, 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 they're really trying to test his jovial personality aren't they just like, you're still going to crack some jokes and do some stupid dancing now Woody is that what you're going to do are you still a horse <laughs> are you sure you're still a horse <laughs> Okay, so, uh, so I think they're, they're pretty much all the changes we come out. I don't think we've got the batsmen on in, in the touring party to actually make any no. material differences. Wokes and Curran's the only other question. Yeah, I think I don't stick think, with again, Wokes because of being in quarantine well. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there I, we have I, it. So I, yeah, um, when it comes... Yeah, and I, I think it'll be a, hopefully a more competitive uh, match in the in the next game. But I'm still bagging England to win, and it's going to be a two 0 win this series. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think Sri Lanka showed that they do have the players to cause England a few problems uh, on day three and four. Uh, the problem with them, as it was in Sri Lanka, is that there's massive consistency problems, uh, and and there's probably a few ability problems as well. Uh, mm. I don't think they've got great bowlers. <laughs> uh, you know, like Matthews is old. Kusal Mendes did get Olympic rings. That was a highlight. I do think Angelo Matthews will continue batting. I think he'll retire against every other nation, but will continue to play for Sri Lanka versus England because he always scores runs against us. I don't know what it is. It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, have we got anything more to add or should we wrap up the show? No, Pakistan uh, are building a new cricket stadium. 
there were rumours it was going to be a capacity of 150,000, but we've heard that it's actually going to be 40, so that's disappointing. Um, oh, that is, and the that BBL's on. That'd be a... Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, so we should we should do a little bit on the BBL at some point because there are a couple of good things that I think we should talk about there. But for this week, nah, let's let's wrap it up here, boys. What, uh, what what stage are we are we looking at with the BBL? Is it nearing the business end or is it still rumbling on? It's business. No, it's still end. the farmers eleven versus the farmers <laughs> eleven. We're we're reaching <laughs> business end anyway. Uh, India were fantastic. Uh, congratulations, I think, to them for uh, well entertaining us, but also achieving something that we really did not think they were capable of achieving um you can follow the cricket podcast at the cricket pod get in touch with us loads of people tweet us about random things and we always reply because we've got egos um (laughs) (laughs) uh, we will be back next week with more sri lanka england hijinks um Join us and tell your friends. And then after that, we'll be back for England v India. And more of you will probably join us because that's the the moneymaker from the point of view of this podcast. Um, Goodbye. (laughs) All the zero pounds we've ever made. See you later. Happy birthday, Ross.